0: week six that one dude at each position a player that is going to be maybe overlooked under we're not going to give you the obvious plays play derrick henry looks like a good play right that's for some of the other videos and some of the weak content creators out there they're just going to try and give you that without any type of edge and anything like that we're going to go one position at a time this worked very well through the first two weeks in terms of hitting on some five percent 3%, very low owned players. And that's the goal this week. Now, ideally, I would like to be 5% or below. At the players that I've chosen this week, one of the players is below 5%, two of them are at 6%, and one is at 8% ownership. But we're still sticking in that single digit ownership that if you're playing in a single entry or three max, or if you're playing in a big GVP, whatever it might be, it's going to be a nice leverage point for you. So all you ladies and gentlemen and fellas, fellas, fellas out there, happy Saturday, happy Sunday, depending on when you're watching this. I appreciate you a ton. And if you appreciate me in this content, it may be this different content compared to what you're used to in the DFS and Fantasy space, hit me with a like button real quickly and a big old subscribe button as that pops up. Also, also check out on the screen, my Twitter and now my Instagram, I'm going to start to put some more stuff out over there as well. I appreciate y'all being here today. And if you're not familiar with that one, dude, I'm just going to go position by position and take one player that I think is going under owned and just not being looked at as much as they should be and gives us a nice leverage point based on my projections, based on all my research matchup stuff. We'll talk about it all for you. And the show is going to be brought to you today by SuperDraft, which is a multiplier format site. So if you do like DraftKings, if you do like FanDuel, if you like any type of fantasy, Daily Fantasy Sports, this is what Superdraft is. Daily Fantasy Sports, except it's a multiplier. So if a player has a 1.5x multiplier, they get 1.5 times their points. That's better than if a player has a 1x multiplier. But usually the players that have the 1x multiplier are better players, so they'll score more. So it's all projection-based. A little bit of ownership that takes place as well. I do have projections on my Patreon down below for Superdraft as well as DraftKings, so you can check it out. But if you use the promo code SAL, they give you a 50% Free money bonus, right? You're just gonna get free money up to a thousand dollar rookies. You get fifty percent on that, so be sure to check that out for the multiplier format. Again, these offers might be gone like literally in a week or tomorrow. So if you yeah. come to me and you're like, "Hey, where's that offer now?" I can't give it to you because I just do what the company tells me in terms of the current offers that they're running. That's how the whole promotion works. So fifty percent deposit match up to a thousand dollars. Promo code SAL S A L. Let's know you come for me and jump on it before that stuff is gone. So let's start this bad boy off. We'll go quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and the tight end position. At the quarterback position, I'm going to be getting to a guy who I think is in a game that is going. Going a little bit under owned and a little bit overlooked at this point, because maybe there's similar price plays with a similar total in Jacksonville and Detroit. And those players are picking up more interest this week, rightfully so to an extent. But I do think that Kirk Cousins is currently going under owned in this Atlanta game. And honestly, you could even say Matt Ryan on the opposite side, especially now that we saw that Julio Jones is officially fully off the injury report. And Matt Ryan is a totally different quarterback dating back to 2016 without Julio Jones in his lineup. So what you're seeing right now is Kirk Cousins on the screen, and I'm going to have a lot of interest in him. Now, the pass blocking advantage is not going to be that great. The offensive line has not been that strong for Kirk Cousins and the defensive line of Atlanta if anything has not been elite but it's just going to have enough protection here that pro football focus has this as a minus 39% pass blocking advantage but I'm not too concerned with that overall because of how bad the Atlanta secondary is remains to be even after getting some players back so I did touch on Atlanta's rush being there so they might be able to get pressure but they might not actually get to Kirk Cousins all that much because their bottom half of the league in rush, and 18th overall right now and their defense and coverage bottom third of the league just 23rd overall in the NFL in their secondary right now and their man-to-man is even worse than that. So that's taking into account both man to man and zone for the Atlanta secondary puts them at 23rd in the NFL through five weeks. So what are you getting out of Kirk Cousins here? What if I go over to my projections on my other screen over here? Now I have two screens. It's really fancy. Just got this, took advantage of the Amazon Prime Day, got like a 60% off this one screen right here in Acer. And this is so nice having a, a laptop in front of me and having two screens to work off of. But right now, if I'm looking at Kirk Cousins, $6,100 this week. And the way that I see it is that I have him projected right now for just 19 fantasy points. And I say only 19 because I literally have like 10 quarterbacks projected for him. Now, some of those quarterbacks are only projected for like 0.2, 0.3 more points. But this is the exact reason. Like this is the whole theory to the that one dude. If Kirk Cousins is projected for 19 fantasy points, but I have 10 other quarterbacks projected higher, odds are a lot of other models out there also have the same thing. A lot of people will use those models. My models put them into a projection system, not increase randomness, not manually change things to kind of work their strategy in. And bam, that's how you get a low owned Kirk Cousins because other people are higher owned than him. But if you're hand building lineups, or if you're actually using randomness and tweaking in an optimizer, you should be able to get some more of these other plays that are lower owned and leverage yourself and not just have the same ownership as the field or very similar ownership to the field. And it's not that I just like Kirk Cousins on his own. It's not just about Kirk Cousins projection. We can make that thing go to 20. And now he looks like a lot better replay just by changing it by one point. Right? it's not just that. It's the fact that right now, what you're getting out of Kirk Cousins is increased usage in himself, increased usage in the fact that maybe they use the passing game a little bit more this week. With no know Dalvin Cook. He has weapons now that we like two to potentially three if you want to punt the tight end position. It's about the entire stack in this matchup against Atlanta when he has a fantastic team total on the game totals approaching 55 plus points. But yeah, the volume's not great. He's barely throwing 28 times. He's right under 28 times per game at 27.8. You can see it on the screen right now. He's only throwing for 226 yards per game, but he's playing a lot of play action right now. Justin Jefferson is being shown to be a Stefan Diggs like deep target for them, which nobody was expecting as a slot receiver at LSU because right now Kirk Cousins is attempting the six most deep attempts in the entire NFL, even though right now he's only throwing 27 point eight times per game. And he's number two in the NFL with 9.6 air yards per attempt. So When Kirk Cousins throws the ball, which again is not that much compared to other NFL quarterbacks, it is going downfield, which gives you big play upside. And now you're facing a secondary that is bottom third in the league. And honestly, it's like almost bottom fourth in the league right now. It basically is in the NFL, in the Atlanta Falcons. So this is a get right spot for Kirk Cousins that a lot of people, even if they look at this game, are going to look at the Matt Ryan side of it. Julio Jones coming back. You have Ridley, you have Hurst still, even Russell Gage. But I do think that this Kirk Cousins side of it is maybe worth playing in the single entry and three max mid or higher stakes lineups. Right now, it's something that I'm debating putting in as one of my three max lineups and maybe even some of my bigger 20 max GBP lineups because the Kirk Cousins stack with, you can go with Thielen and Justin Jefferson. That would be the main stack looks good. Or you can go with one of those players and then you can actually punt it with Irv Smith Jr. at tight end, who has been running more routes, seeing more snaps, the second year player now, and did just see five targets last week. He's only $2,500. You don't even need him to see five targets, but that's great. If he falls into the end zone, that's fantastic. Yahtzee for you, right? But if he only has like two catches for 25 yards, four and a half fantasy points at the punt position, honestly, that's not a bad thing. It might sound bad. but We have had a couple of tight end take goose eggs full out zero two out of the five weeks so far and win the milli maker or finish in the top three in the million maker so far so it's all about the theory of punting down low so you can get up a different position so kirk cousins looking very good for me right now in terms of a lower owned play. now doesn't mean i'm going to automatically have him as my highest owned quarterback no this is the whole point of it if kirk cousins comes in right now somewhere around let's just say his current projected ownership is around five percent owned but i end up getting eight ten percent owned I'm, I'm more than 75 percent the field double the field on him yeah it's a leverage about that i want to be at so the whole point of this is to get leverage on the field at potentially lower owned guys who have upside and i should also point out that. That this is not going to be for your cash games by any means you want to go for the safer more secure plays there this is trying to leverage the fact that not a lot of people want to play these players even though they have similar upsides i would say to guys like ryan fitzpatrick who are going to be higher on yeah, he's projected for one or two more points for me right now so that makes sense from a cash perspective but from a gpp perspective their ceilings to me especially in their matchups look relatively similar now we get over to a man who will peek behind the projections and rankings linked down below for both cash games and gpps on patreon you can check it all out down below patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri, to see what we have to offer there But a guy was my fourth highest projected running back route. My fourth highest projected running back, but is currently only going like 5% owned. The most recent crunch I saw of him was 7.5% owned, and in some sites it's only around 5% owned still. That man resides in Pennsylvania. The running back right now who got to play in college and in the NFL at the exact same stadium, and that's James Conner. I currently have James Conner projected for 19.2 fantasy points. His projection did go up by about 0.2, 0.3 points once Deontay Johnson was ruled out. You give a little bit of maybe an extra half a target or so in the projections, half of a reception, quarter of a reception. This is how it works, at least for. From a projection standpoint, and that's what you end up getting from James Conner. So, James Conner for me, if he's going to be lower owned and this low owned, I'm going to be getting there. Now, it makes a ton of sense to me why he's this low owned. Look, you have him right now priced at $7,100. Mike Davis is at 7K. He's been absolutely crushing it, Mike Davis, and I have Mike Davis projected for right around the same amount of fantasy points. He's going to be higher on right now because of his recent success, and honestly, he probably should be. Alexander Madison takes on a Dalvin Cook role where he's likely going to be in, to- in line for 20 plus touches in a really good matchup against Atlanta in a high team total game. Also, the Kirk Cousins, I should say, stack is a nice leverage spot off of a chalky Alexander Madison. I do think Adam Thielen will be on, though, but there are ways to get around that and get unique just by honestly playing a 5% Kirk Cousins in a stack with Minnesota. And I would not be having Alexander in that stack per- personally. Do you have Derrick Henry for only $200 more than James Conner? It makes sense. Kareem Hunt, Jonathan Taylor, all these players are right around him. Miles Sanders, to an extent, will have some more ownership. So all these guys, everybody's going to those players and everybody's just saying, you know what, we don't want to go to James Conner. Well, James Conner, for me, in my position, I would not want him as much as those guys. But based on my projections, I would want him equally as much, right? I'm not going to be jumping up and down for him over the other ones. But when it comes into the fact that now he's a leverage play, now he's half his own, now he's a third is owned as guys right around him, like Mike Davis, Alexander Madison, and Derrick Henry in a GPP. Well, that's when I start saying, okay, if I'm, Playing single entry in three max this week or 20 max or whatever you want to be playing. If I have a lineup right now that has James Conner and somebody else has Mike Davis, I'm already unique. I don't have to do much more. Now I want a game stack, so I know I'm going to get a little bit more unique. But now all I have to really be rooting for when it comes down to the end of the day is a James Conner ceiling game. James Conner goes out there, has 100 yards, two touchdowns, four receptions. He has a 25, 30 point fantasy day, and you get some of these other running backs who are chalky three times as owned in a similar price range, just going for even 18 or 20 decent days. You have a huge leg up on the field of five to 10 more points. That's the whole point of this, right? Getting leverage on some spots where leverage looks like a pretty decent situation. It's not like I'm choosing a guy who's projected for 10 fantasy points here comparing him to these guys. No, it's a guy in the same price range projected for 19.2 fantasy points, more than most of the guys around him, like Jonathan Taylor, Kareem Hunt, Miles Sanders. I've not projected more than all those guys, even Aaron Jones. So more than those guys, very similar to guys like Madison, Mike Davis, and a little bit less than guys like Derrick Henry. So when it's all going to be that similar, and he's a top eight value play, even when I go by that based on his projection. Yeah, I, I like him. And I'm happy that we have this type of leverage play. Last week, it was Miles Sanders being that leverage play, right? He was only like 5% owned. the week before is Joe Mixon being that leverage play only like eight or 9% owned 5% owned in a lot of single entry contests they both went off Joe Mixon went off in a major way Miles Sanders got his two touchdowns 80 plus yards and got to 20 plus fantasy points for us pretty early on at low ownership my play this week is going to be James Conner at that spot it's going to be about a neutral run blocking script right now against the Cleveland Browns the Browns rank 13th in run defense and eighth in tackling so a tough matchup overall but run blocking up front with the offensive and defensive line of Pittsburgh and the Browns defensive line We're going to be close to neutral maybe a little bit favored in the Browns direction currently you're getting right now, 67 rushing yards per game from James Conner. He's seen 14 red zone touches this year, which is 16th in the NFL. He does have three breakaway runs. So it's nice to see a little bit of a burst out of him for somebody who did not come out of college with the most athletic profile. So that's sixth overall. And he's seen four goal line carries, which right now is seven. So he's getting all the goal line and red zone work for the most part. Benny Snell is touching into his workload a little bit. That's kind of been the case all season long. We'll see if that continues to trend upwards. Hopefully if it does continue to trend upwards, it's not enough to knock him out this specific week, but I still feel very confident about James Conner and my projection of him getting at least. 16 touches with the upside of 20 plus this week and at around 5% ownership. Last time I saw seven and a half percent ownership. I do like that a good amount. It's going to be half or a third of the ownership as a lot of the other running backs around him. He should be one of the lowest owned and best running back leverage plays of the entire weekend. Next up is a wide receiver who currently comes in around 6% owned and he plays on a team where you probably don't want to own another single player on his team, except maybe another wide receiver from his team who's still at the minimum price, depending on what happens with Rashad Perriman. There we go. The cat's out the bag. I'm talking about Jamison Crowder right now. This man, no matter what. So three games so far that he's played and he's been healthy. He has three games over hundred yards. And I think he's seen at least eight targets in all of those games. So Jamison Crowder has been fantastic. Only Devonte Adams has more fantasy points per game. and Jamison Crowder is currently fourth in the NFL in target share at 30.8 and he sees an 18.2% red zone target share. So why do I like Jamison Crowder this week? Well, a peek behind the curtain right now on Patreon. I have been projected for 16.1 fantasy points against Miami, where he's going to have a good matchup in the slot against Nick Neiman. Pro Football Focus has it as a positive 38% advantage. One of the top eight matchups on the weekend for any wide receiver against a cornerback in their specific man-to-man. Now, slot cornerbacks, you can say that the guys on the outside will see both of the cornerbacks, so it's not as much as a quote-unquote shadow. Now, most teams, though, usually deploy just one slot cornerback, and Crowder remains in the slot pretty much on all of his routes run. So this is going to be a pretty much shadow matchup, quote-unquote, if you will, with Nick Neiman and Crowder, and Crowder has a major advantage there. And Crowder is multidimensional. It's not just these short routes that you remember in Washington. He's going down the field a lot more. He's kind of, he's on a slot-plus receiver in terms of his size, but he's slot-plus in terms of what levels of the field that he works through. So Crowder, for me right now, if I look at my overall model, from wide receivers, I feel factor just by point per dollar for DraftKings, how much bang for your buck you get. He's my sixth overall wide receiver. Well, he's nowhere near that as owned. If if this was based on my point per dollar, you should probably be seeing Jameson Crowder somewhere around 14, 15% owned. So he's about half as owned as he should be in my opinion right now. And it makes a lot of sense. Why? Because right now Crowder, if you're looking at him, he's $6,100. He's priced around some other guys who have been producing and some other guys who have fantastic spots. Devante Parker, 6,300, soaking up some of that ownership. He's been producing as late and he's a true alpha on his team. You have Kenny Galladay, the main one at $6,200. Kenny Galladay is Way too cheap this week, and a fantastic matchup, and everybody's going there. You have AJ Brown, way too cheap this week for a lot less money at fifty-six hundred dollars. So I understand why people are going away from him, and I too would prefer AJ Brown. I too would prefer Kenny Galladay in cash games in a vacuum, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about a situation where their projections look similar, and the ownership right now on Crowder is going to be coming in about half as own, if not a third as own, maybe even a quarter as own by the end of the week if Kenny Galladay gets to twenty plus percent or AJ Brown gets to twenty plus percent own. So they're not the same play. You can't tell me that in a GPP, a guy who's 6% owned is the same type of a play with a similar projection and similar price point to guys who's 20% owned. this is the exact definition of leveraging off you see similar situations from projection similar situations to an extent from price but the ownership is way different so why not go to the guy who's lower owned if it's going to pay off you more so in the long run again all these guys that I'm saying do not just play all of them into your lineup this is a spot to get leverage on one spot don't play Kirk Cousins Connor and Crowder in the same lineup I don't think it's a bad lineup but you don't have to get that much different you only have to get different really in one spot especially if you're stacking because you can get unique pretty quickly if you get a lower owned guy into that lineup so Crowder does look good. I mentioned the matchup against Nick Neiman in week six, balled out yet again, eight catches, 116 yards and a touchdown on 10 targets. That was a 32.3% target share. Again, he's seen 22 receptions so far on the season, but he has missed a couple of games. He's seen 174 yards after the catch and that's being banged up, right? That's missing a game, game and a half right now. That's sixth in the NFL, even missing during that time. So he's been fantastic overall, 22 and a half points per game. Again, that's second only to Devontae Adams. He is currently the 11th highest graded PFF wide receiver. And this is the thing that's fantastic. We've seen him now do it with so many quarterbacks. Well, they're was his time in Washington we've now seen him do it with Sam Donald and Donald's out there and he's been balling out in the slot as any wide receiver usually does for Adam Gase. if you go back just years and years now about five or six receivers that you can name whether it's Wes Walker, whether it's Eddie Royal whether if you want to go back to the Jarvis Landry days right to an extent there was like a week or two before he ended up getting hurt with the Jets a year or two ago where Jermaine Kirst was going off in the slot for the Jets for like a month before he got hurt and now you have Jamison Crowder going off in the slot so there's a lot of upside here I do like Crowder the fact that we got to see him do it now with Joe Flacco in a major way which Joe Flacco as well, being targeted 32% of the time. It gives me more confidence in Crowder, especially as a lower-owned option. So Crowder is going to be the that one dude wide receiver for this week. Let's close it up now. And before we do close it up with the tight end position, I ask you one time, like button for me. Let me know what you think in the comment section of these videos. And let me know if you have any other ideas for content styles that I can do. I know that this one's a little bit different and I like that from my other videos. I want to be doing some more different stuff, some more unique stuff, some more innovative stuff with my content, whether it's on this channel or my new channel, Big Energy Sports. So be sure to drop any suggestions that you might have down below in the comments and I'll be sure to read them and take them into consideration. Like and subscribe as we head now into the tight end position. Now this tight end is only going about two to 3% owned currently. Now this might come up to 5% owned, but I do think he'll be a guy that we can aim to be 5% or lower on this week. He's currently priced at $3,100 and facing the Cincinnati Bengals this week. That man's name is Trey Burton from the Indianapolis Colts. Now there's a couple things to unpack here with Trey Burton. Currently in my model, he's my seventh overall bang for your buck value tight end. I haven't projected for about seven fantasy points, but this is the big difference. I haven't projected for seven fantasy points. If I give him just 0.4 more, that's four more yards, that's less than a half a reception more in a projection, he jumps up to being my number two overall tight end this week. So it's this close between him and jumping a lot of spots. It's a very tight difference between him and the guys up there. If I give him 7.5 fantasy points, I give him a half a point more than where I currently have him projected out, he becomes my number one overall tight end play. So what's it like about Trey Burton? Somebody that was an athletic tight end, then he got that gruesome injury, then he really didn't do much after that. Now he's finally back after being injured the first couple of weeks of this year. And in two games, he's seen six and five targets. So five and a half targets per week. And his first two games back. And he's kind of operated in a way as the tight end one from a volume standpoint, right? Those targets. But if you peek behind the curtain, Jack Doyle's been still playing the past two weeks more snaps than Trey Burton. And Jack Doyle's basically been running the same amount of routes. Now, Trey Burton is running more routes. He ran 18 routes last week in week five to Jack Doyle's 16, but it's not that big of a difference. On his 18 routes, he did see five targets. Jack Doyle only saw two targets. And this is basically what's been happening for two weeks now. He's barely running a couple more routes than Doyle, but he's seeing a good amount more targets. But keep in mind, Doyle is still out there getting all that usage. So it's not just like we can expect Burton to see eight to 10 targets in a game, unless you end up seeing Jack Doyle's usage drop a little bit, which can definitely happen based on the way that there's been production and volume. in Philip Rivers likes throwing to Burton over these past couple of weeks. So in week five, he did run those 18 routes, see six targets, and he played on 45% of the snaps compared to Doyle's playing 61% of the snaps running 16 routes and two targets. Now here's the thing. Mo Alley-Cox has already been ruled out for this team. The guy who was blowing up in the first couple of weeks, really weeks two, three, partially week four for the Indianapolis Colts, when Jack Doyle was banged up, injured, and then returning. He's been phased out the last couple of weeks as Trey Burton has returned. Last week in week five, he only saw nine routes and one target, but that's still a good amount of usage. Nine routes, 38% of the snaps blocking on a lot of those, but now he's out. So he saw nine routes and then he saw seven routes the week before that. So now if you kind of dice up these routes, let's just give them evenly five and four to Trey Burton and to Jack Doyle. Now Burton starts to run 20 routes, 22 routes, maybe a little bit more usage, 25 routes. So if I'm getting 20 routes out there and I can bank on four or five targets from a $3,100 tight end in a very good matchup, with upside to that, that feels really good to me, right? Like I'm not shocked this week. If we see a five catch 55 yard day from Burton, he doesn't even have to fall into the end zone. That would be a huge bonus. But he doesn't even have to fall into the end zone at his price tag up $3,100 since he's so cheap and nobody wants to own him. So I do like Trey Burton for those reasons right now. I do want to be careful with jumping too much on Burton and not at least acknowledging that Jack Doyle could be a very similar play. So I do want to say that that one dude for the tight end position is these Indianapolis Colts tight ends, both Doyle and Burton right now. It just so happens that in a two game sample with Burton back, you're seeing more volume in terms of just overall Targets and receptions for Burton, but in terms of overall snap usage, that's higher for Doyle. In terms of overall routes run, it's basically neck and neck between the two of them. So the that one dude is going to be both of these Colts set ends. I currently have Burton projected for more, but he's also $400 more than Jack Doyle, who I currently have projected for about six fantasy points. Who Jack Doyle also is right now in my top ten in value. If I gave Jack Doyle like an extra half a point, he would also jump up to like the top three plays. So the that one dude this week is going to be both of these Indianapolis Colts set ends. Again, Mo Ali Cox is out, so I would expect them both to run close to 20 routes this week and a really nice matchup against Cincinnati. So there we go. We got through the, that one, dude, and ended up being five players since we're going to go for both of those tight ends. Again, I do prefer Trey Burton, but I think they're both honestly neck and neck this week. And Jack Doyle, I should call out, Jack Doyle's ownership is going to be about 1% this week. So although Trey Burton's is going to be low, maybe comes in three or 4%, Jack Doyle's is going to be even lower as everybody's going to start to hop on Trey Burton for good reasons. But Jack Doyle, again, running very similar routes, just not seeing the targets. Don't be shocked this week if it's Jack Doyle and Burton both running 20 routes. Burton sees three targets, Doyle sees five, and Doyle's the one who maybe finds the end zone. it's that close in terms of how they're being used right now from a snaps and routes run perspective so Thank you so much for tuning in to the That One Dude for the week six. Let me know what you think of this video and any recommendations that you might have on other content pieces down below in the comment section. Check out my Instagram, Sal underscore You can check that out. It'll be linked up down below and my Twitter at DFS to catch up with everything that's going on for my content. Also, have a contest right now pinned up on my Twitter that you can check that out. Like and subscribe before you go. Appreciate you all in advance and check out the sponsor of this show, Superdraft. Promo code Sal. Again, this offer might be gone tomorrow. S.A.L. gives you a 50% deposit match up to $1,000 rookies on that Daily Fantasy Sports that right now is going to give you a much better ROI return on investment to your money because contests still don't fill over there. It's easier if you have projections, there's not as many professionals, you're going to get a better return on your investment than if you play over there on DraftKings and FanDuel. So thank you so much in advance. I appreciate you a ton. My name is Sal Vetri and I will see you all in the next one.